Listening to Under a Red Glow, a photography podcast covering the wide spectrum of the art and history of photography with an emphasis on chemical, darkroom, and alternative based processes. Be sure to visit us at www.underaredglow.com. And now, your host, John Milliker Jr. Hello, and welcome to episode 58 of the Under a Red Glow podcast. My name is John Milliker. I'm a full time photographer who practices, teaches, and demonstrates nearly every photographic process in history, including modern digital gear techniques. Whew. And with me in studio is my co-host and love your wife, Christine. She also practices and demonstrates many processes and is our entry-level process and kids class instructor. Welcome, Christine. Good evening. What's going on? We've had a... Don't say it. Slightly lighter week. Good. Thank you for changing the episode in the uh, in the show notes, by the way. This is uh, an episode we were going to do a couple, a couple weeks ago. But, you know, just other things happened. And uh, and we decided to push it back. So thank you for for changing those numbers. I feel like uh, what is what was the guy's name in Bruce Almighty, the reporter that would read whatever was on the teleprompter. I don't remember his name. <sighs> anyway, today's episode is uh, about the thing, and uh, with a few variants on the horizon. Uh, hopefully, we don't get into the lockdown again. But if we did. What did you wish you spent your time on during the first round of lockouts? And and if it happened again, what would you change? But before that, I wanted to get into a couple a couple interesting interesting pieces of news. Um, a federal judge has blocked a Georgia law banning photos of ballots of voted ballots. Uh, I guess in the ballot in the, the voting booth, or maybe even with the uh, the uptick in mail in ballots. They, they tried to ban people from, from taking photos and posting these ballots online. Okay. And uh, a, a United States federal judge found that, that that law, part of that new – Georgia's they, – they, and ABC News quotes it's Georgia's new sweeping electric laws, election laws, broadly prohibit taking photos of voted, voted ballots. And the, the federal judge has, has struck that down as con- unconstitutional. And I think it's, I think it's an interesting – thing to, to kind of just have a little bit of a chat about because I mean we're old enough that we remember that when you voted it was you know your vote was a private thing but now with social media and and people I you know people get you know maybe uh maybe overly or maybe uh a little too excited sometimes when voting for a certain candidate and and I I, I can see both sides I'm I'm on the I'm on the fence of you know your vote is is private and if your if your person didn't win, then you you hope that the person that did win does the the best job that they possibly can, and and still takes uh, you know your country forward, no matter what country you you live in. But um, I completely agree with this. I completely agree that this is unconstitutional. I don't understand why it would be against the law to take a picture of what you're voting, especially since they know they're sending them in and. Who knows what happens from the time it leaves you until it gets to the count? Right, you know it's, um, and I'm, I know it's. They have the, they have those machines that scan them, and 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 do the tallies, but uh, I don't, I don't understand why. Um, I'm, I'm not really sure, and, and I, I didn't really dive too, too much. I just saw it, you know, pop up on, uh, on the news sites, but 
I don't really understand the the reasoning behind banning photos. If you want as much transparency as possible, then why? And it makes me wonder. I mean, you know, you, you hear a lot of you hear a lot of craziness on the left and craziness on the right. So it kind of makes you think, why wouldn't they want you to take photos of your ballot? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Like, are, are are people getting different ballots, or or is it is it a is it a security issue? Is there maybe something that that identifies the person on the ballot? Um, are you sending different ballots out to different counties? Um, you know, whether whether unscrupulously or or having a good reason for it. Um, are you afraid of people maybe making making duplicates? And and if you're if you're worried of someone taking a photo of a ballot. And somebody making a duplicate, then you need to you need to make your ballots more secure. If somebody can look at a photo and, and make a copy, you're doing it wrong. You need to have something in there, whether it be in the paper or in the ink or or who knows what. You need a better way to 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 secure that. Yeah. So yeah, that was just that was just a kind of interesting thought, and, and I wanted to get everybody's uh, everybody's opinion on that. Uh, and uh, you know, either either on the the email or the Facebook page, which we talk about at the at the end of the show. But I want to get your opinion on that. What do you What do you think? First of all, are you for or against the 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 strike down of photographing ballots in Georgia, or anywhere your state or your country, and uh, and and why? What do you you know What do you think? And, and we might we might just be completely missing a reason. But why are there you know What are the other possibilities of why a photo of a voted ballot? And they specifically said voted ballot. So this is your, you know, after you voted the way you do. What what could that what what harm could that be towards an election to have that much transparency? And and as always if you're posting on our uh, on our Facebook page or uh, Patreon or a subscription our subscriber page um, for the, you know, for supporter tiers, uh, keep it civil. We're you know, we're we we're not going to get into politics. We're just we're just talking about plain hard facts on on why you think and what do you think about that? And why you think they might have tried to strike that down in the beginning with? And we saw this on we saw this on YouTube. Uh, what was it yesterday? Do you remember the 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 iconic Nirvana photo of uh, of the baby swimming underwater chasing the dollar? Yes, I remember it. What? <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to word this delicately. His uh, and and the the iconic photo. He's He's got his peepee hanging out. I guess that's as delicate as I can as I can say it. He's unclothed. He's unclothed, and you can you can see things, and it's it's kind of interesting. You know, it, it kind of reminds me of vibes of like Annie Leibovitz. She she photographed a lot of her children growing up in in their natural setting, which was you know, and she even admitted the kids don't like clothes. It was there was nothing nothing wrong with it. Well, the actual baby in this photo of the Nirvana album. Uh, his name is uh, Spencer Eldon, and he's alleging he's. I, I guess he's going to go after, and uh, he he is suing the band, alleging child pornography. And he wants them to never make another cent off of that album again. Correct. Well, that's what we heard. That's you know that's that was the report that we heard. He wanted damages, and he he's not asking for the album to be removed, but he's asking for them to never make money off the album again. And and let's be honest. In in today's times, except for probably our eclectic audience, who's buying albums anymore? Anyway, 
People are buying the songs they want. People are buying and picking and cherry picking the songs on an album, which could be another episode in its in its own right. But it's not photography. So, so well, maybe maybe we could draw a, a relation to um, to how a an, an artist and in a band or a musician wants you to experience their songs in the bigger collection of an album. That's got very big ties on picking images for maybe a show or maybe a book or maybe your portfolio on your website or maybe a client gallery. So there's there's a really close thing there. Anyway, I, I just wanted to throw it out there, and I want to get people's opinions on that as well. Now, now, uh, Mr. Eldon, who is the baby in the, the photo, um, since then he has recreated that shot several times and kind of – talked about how you know he was the baby and and this and that we got to think of a couple things allegedly um uh, mr Eldon's father was was paid two hundred dollars for 15 seconds worth of work and, and the father was a friend of the photographer that are alleged that, that that went and sold the you know the photo to uh, to the band i don't know if he had you know if he was looking for that photo for the band or he just happened to take it and the band wanted it not really sure. I'm sure a lot more stuff's going to come out about it. But the father was a friend of the photographer. He The father was paid $200 for 15 seconds. And somebody somebody wrote it was the equivalent of making, was it $48,000 an hour? Was it an hour? I, something like something that. Something like I that. Don't know. But, but the thing is, is it makes you think about you've got a, you've got a, a toddler they can't make their own decisions, and you've got a parent, and likely the parents signed. You know, I'm sure whoever the whoever the the music, uh, whoever the label was for this album, I'm sure they made sure that there were model releases with, uh, you know, with 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 the baby under 18. The parents have full legal rights to 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 sign the releases, but it kind of makes you wonder why all of a sudden. When you know when this when this person has been embracing the fact that they were their Nirvana naked swimming chasing a dollar bill baby for over th- almost thirty years or more. Don't date me. It's dating me too. But the th- it, it, it it just kind of interesting, and I'm sure a lot more stuff's going to come out because of that. Um, I don't know if Mr. Eldon is on tough times or there's some there's some ulterior motive to. Um, to, to instead of instead of being proud of what you've done, you're you're now claiming kind of a, a victimhood status. I mean, hey, people can change their minds, but it's kind of interesting that, as I said, he's been embracing it for so long, and all of a sudden, it's it's a big problem. So uh, you know, kind of sound off in the uh, you know in the Facebook group uh, or an email or all the pl- the places we talked about again, and tell us what you think what you think about this story. And of course, as always, keep it. Uh, you know, keep it keep it on the on the kind and respectful of other people's opinions, kind of, kind of thing, and we'll do that. <clears throat> Sound good? Sounds good. All right. Uh, as we said, uh, today's episode is about the thing. I didn't I didn't do the thing when I said the thing before, so I apologize. And and as we said, <clears throat> there are variants coming out or are out. I, I don't believe there's any tests for them, any any quick tests without sending it to get like DNA sequence. I don't know. There's so much information out there. Some's good, some's trash. You don't know what to believe. Uh, but the thing is, is with the, the the potential of variants coming, 
And we know that a lot of towns and a lot of cities and I think even a couple of states in the United States have now gone back to fully masking indoors. And if things get bad again, we, you know, what happens if we go into another lockdown? So, so when we come back from, from our break, we're going to talk about what we did during the 15 days to slow the spread uh, a year and a half ago. And we're going to ask you what you did. And we're going to talk about what we wish we did. And then if we go into another, and I hate using the word lockdown, but it, it kind of is. I, I know there are other countries. I know, I think in England, I think, I know Australia is, is really struggling with this again. But if we go back into a similar situation, what would you change? And we'll get back to that as soon as we get back from this word from our sponsor. All right, Christine, what did we do during the lockdown? And the lockdown was... The lockdown was extremely tough for us because we went from, you know, 40 to 50 events a year to two. We had two events last year. One of them was an, a, a private event. It was a private wedding. Correct. Um, of someone that, you know, th- that it was outside. They and their guests felt comfortable with continuing to keep it. It was on a private, it was on private land. And they just had it. They had it. They they had us come out. We we made a bunch of tin types, a whole plate tin types for them, a, a bunch of whole plate tin types, and we were outside. It was a beautiful day. You you know you wouldn't have known that anything was going on about by by how amazing that day was, and all the people that came. You know everybody was was comfortable. Everybody still kind of was in that you know give a little bit of distance or whatever. But uh, but it it almost seemed like after so many months of uh, lockdowns and and restaurants can't open and you can't eat inside a restaurant and you can't go to a party and you can't have friends over here. You know, after all of that, it was a breath of fresh air. And, and then the was, other one, go ahead. It was a small wedding. It was, oh, it was very limited. It was mostly the couple, their parents, and some of their just very closest friends. And, and a, you know, immediate family, yes. And then we all went to a uh, another private location where we all had 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 dinner. Wonderful dinner and drinks and desserts, and it was such a great time. But, you know, um, and then the other event was was a Civil War event where it was, it, it's a very small, it's a much smaller event. It's more, it's more put together into making sure that everyone is, is, is portraying the, the idea of the event accurately and we're we're super you know super proud and and honored to be invited to this and it was one of those it was uh it was in September of last year we we thought for sure it was going to get canceled just like we thought for sure the last two steampunk events we did <laughs> the last week and the week before were going to get canceled but uh, but it didn't and and we're kind of trucking along I, I i hear less and i hear less and less about these variants so i'm i i are, are we getting better? Are are they going away? I worry, you know, being being part of that fifteen days to slow the spread and that turning into several months of lockdowns. I worry about the power of, you know, a, of a scared government of a of an unknown virus or an unknown anything. To be honest with you, so I I, I still I'm cautiously optimistic that maybe we'll survive getting through the rest of summer, fall, winter, and then maybe popping out on the other side in spring of 2020 without any any major issues. Now, I understand, yes, they're going to try to get us to get 
uh, you know, to where, you know, whether you're vaccinated or not, you're going to be wearing masks inside. They're going to be recommending, you know, distancing, which is fine. We're all used to that. But the, but the thing is, is I worry when they start closing down businesses again. Now we've, we've been suffer We suffered so much last year. We've suffered this year. We're likely going to keep suffering because even though pretty much with, you know, with people being more, you know, with, with all these restrictions being lifted, we, several of our events, I mean, when I say several, I mean like half of our events still did not redo this year. And they were like, well, we're going to wait another year. We're not sure. We've already had a couple of events in the, the fall cancel because of the, the potential of the variants. So it's, it's really difficult. And, and I hope that they weigh the thought of, you know, if you go into lockdown again, we know several business owners that, that just barely, you know, of course the ones that, that had to close up and, and, you know, they, they lost their businesses and a couple of them actually lost their homes. We know that that's a tragedy as well, but the few, the very few people that, that we know that survived this, you know, we're talking about small artists. We're talking about small businesses, small services, no big, you know, no chains or anything, but of those people that survived, they are, I mean, they're, they're they're nervous wrecks thinking about the potential of, you know, you know, a business being deemed um, unessential, non-essential. Again. Again, uh, you know, you you don't have that enough square footage to have people in your in your business. You know, you are not allowed to have a wedding, so therefore there goes all our wedding photography. You are not allowed not allowed to have a a, a party. You're not allowed to have this a class, a workshop, summer camp. Um, it's it's a very delicate balance and I'm not sh- I'm glad I'm not making the decisions but on one hand you've you've got you know you've got a virus going around on the other hand you've got businesses that are already just completely crippled that will will likely likely go a, a one of our our major major entertainment staples in our town um, just this last week they they actually sold they actually sold during covid because they they were going to go bankrupt it was uh and and the the new the new owners said that they were going to keep it up and blah 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 blah. Well, we just were told last week that they're going to to um, plow it down and and replace it with a used car lot, of which we have a, of the main drag of this strip. There are probably no less than fifteen to twenty car dealerships on this strip, and it's it's extremely devastating for the community because <laughs> we don't need that many cars. But we need entertainment. We need entertaining venues. We need entertainment venues, and and this was a a long time non chain business that's been around since I can remember, probably longer than I have, and and it's it's now gone. And of course, here we go. We're going to go into you know whether a car you know car dealership or a big box store or or something. Uh, so, but let's let's get let's get to the topic at hand. With all of that free time that we had last year, Christine, <laughs> and <clears throat> even though we had a ton of free time, <clears throat> excuse me, I spent most of it, you know, trying to pivot our business, trying to pivot what we can do, um, you know, go, you know, giving into Christine's. We should start a podcast, um, YouTube, Instagram, uh, you know, re completely revamping our website to accommodate. A lot of things and to accommodate our 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 mission goal which is to further the uh you know further the knowledge of of photography 
all photography, whether it be, you know, um, you know, whether it be the the invent the discovery of silver nitrate or the the latest in in digital camera gear, and and that took a lot of time, and it all it all seems like it it seems like it was just a blink. You blink your eyes and it was gone because it just seemed to go by so quickly, even though during it it was just such a, it was an uncertain time, it was terrible. It was very uncertain and. We were just trying to figure our way and feel our way through it. And we kept getting promised like, oh, you know, we're going to have another press conference next week. And we just kept losing more and more and more and more until eventually like, oh, okay, it's summer. We're we're down to a certain percentage. We're going to open everything back up again. Slowly. No, kind of slowly. But at at one point our governor was like, all right, we're done. Now, of course, our. I'm not going to say who our county, what county we, we live in, but our, our county council person is, is uh, put it nicely, I think he's a putz, and he, he stayed, he, he went against the governor's orders. I think the governor order, governor's orders finally said, okay, we, we, everybody's open now. You can't just pick and choose which counties do it. Um, but we, we had a weird situation because our governor was had a book tour coming out, a book coming out, and he didn't want to look bad, so he gave all the powers to the counties. The counties kind of overstepped their bounds at the end, at least, and you know, at least what it seemed like. And then finally, the governor had to come out and say, "Okay, you guys all have to open up by now." So that's where we were. Um, what did we do besides besides just revamping and and trying to make sure that uh, that we that we were able to stay relevant, even though we weren't seeing anybody? What what else did we do? Initially, we did a lot of reorganization, and it doesn't feel like it now. And we still have so much more we need to do. But we did do, we started off <laughs> doing a lot of reorganization. What killed us with the organization is we have so much. I mean, if you've, if you've you know, listened to our first episode, I was, I was in the IT for 25 years. So I've got an entire dining room full of boxes that we filled up to give to our local makerspace. They haven't been open yet. I, I can't imagine that they're going to ever open because who knows? I mean, they had a Kickstarter that was that was very successful to get them in a new business, and they never went into it, not a new, new building, but they never got into the new building, and they were just kind of surviving. So I don't know. I mean, is, is that the money that they're that they're pushing out to to continue renting this this area? I don't know. I, I need to. I need to look into them and and maybe reach out and say, look, I got a bunch of stuff to donate. Are you guys ever going to open again, or or what? Right. Yep. You still there? And I'm here. And then so we or reorganized. We got sent a lot of things once they were open to donate or to the trash or as John said, we have a lot of things ready to donate to this makerspace. And we started off really good. We maybe once a week would go to some of our local nature preserves and go photograph things to get out of the house. Uh, I think more than once a week at at the peak. Yeah. Because everything like parks were parks like they they lifted all the all the fees around us. And then and it was weird. Do you remember when we were going to the parks and they were like, oh, well, you can come here, but you can't eat here. (laughs) It was so weird. We we had actually invited our uh, our our local club out. There's a lot of photographers that were just chomping at the bit to to see somebody. And we had this we have this park near us that was uh, 
And it was the saddest thing. They put police tape around all the all the playground equipment. They I took out that. all the picnic tables. So what we did was we all sat in a we all sat in a circle. And we 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 made this big circle where it was six feet between every family. Um and then the big circle in front of us, we were in, you know, it was a big, big circle with that was way spaced out. And the first time we went there, we didn't invite people to bring food, but we met at like 11, noon, whatever, and people brought food. Park Ranger, Park Ranger rides by once and then twice, a second time really slow. And then the police were called. You remember this, don't you? Yes. Police cruiser comes by, slows down, sees us, turns around, parks in a parking lot and is, is kind of watching us. And then drives away. I had since talked to a lot of our county police officers saying we hated those mandates. We hated it. And if we were called somewhere, it was not. Trying to remember, trying to trying to make sure that I'm not getting anybody in trouble. They were like, if we were called on something, it was it was low priority. And if we came out and it looked like even though maybe you shouldn't have been doing that, it looked like you were taking, you know, you were trying to take the precautions that we were told we ain't, we ain't, we're not going to mess with you. And that's what we did. We had, you know, we had plenty of space between us. But we went out to so many nature preserves. Um last year's Spruce Knob trip, we went to Seneca Rocks and remember what the police officer what the what the park park police told us. They were having record visitors. 400 about like I'm I'm sure it's, I don't know if it was just his, you know, guess, but about 400% bump in in just people coming out. And of course, all the visitor centers were closed. The National Park Service they 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 figured that that okay we can't open because we're not allowed to have any indoor stuff. We're not essential allegedly, but they had some rangers out there. You know, they were distancing. They had their their masks. They had their cleaner stuff. And Everything were, was good. They were answering questions, trying to tell you what they could without their resources. And Telling all kinds. It of was stuff. really nice. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, campgrounds, I think, saw record numbers of people last year because that was something you were allowed to do in a lot of areas. Well, look at all these van life channels and RV camper channels and and people buying vans and converting them into micro campers. I mean, this is something that we've been wanting to do for a while. It's just that we didn't, uh, you know, we we you know we didn't purchase the bigger the bigger SUV until until this year. It just wasn't it just wasn't time. But we decided to do it. We we built the micro camper. But I mean, we've been thinking about it for years. And then last year it got big, and we follow a lot of like RV full time RVers. You know, people that have sold their house, they've ripped their kids out of public schools, and and they're and they're living amazing lifestyles on the road, homeschooling their kids, and and sharing it with with the community. And and imagine for every one person that's sharing it, there's probably twenty people that aren't. Maybe more. I actually saw an article this morning that I thought was really cool that kind of is along. It's not quite the same, but a family hiked the Appalachian Trail started in January this past year with their five-year-old son. And as soon as they finished, he started his first year of kindergarten. That's cool. I thought that was cool. And he gets to say for the rest of his life that he hiked the entire Appalachian Trail before he could even go to school. Well... Playing devil's advocate here. Mom and or dad probably carried him most of the way. <laughs> just just putting it out there. 
I mean, he that's was... still. I'm still not saying it's not cool and it's not an amazing achievement. And it 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 speaks to more of mom and dad or or whoever his parents are to to be able to bring him along on this amazing trip. But yeah, it's wild. That's pretty wild. But I mean, I there's a time where that wouldn't even have been thought of as something you do with your child. And oh, I'm I think sure. I see more and more photos and p- stories of people doing stuff like that, especially now when people are afraid to go out to public areas or public venues and yeah. they, they're going out to the woods and finding how wonderful camping and stuff can be. And we're seeing a lot of that. And and my my thing from the first episode was the thing when we first did our first episode. Yeah, it had to have been. Yeah. My thing from the first episode, talking about the thing, is hike your own hike. If if you you know if you feel comfortable with with not wearing a mask out, and and you're healthy and you're and you're not sick, um, you know that's fine. But on the other hand, we need to we can't make fun of people that are specifically wearing masks, maybe by themselves in a car. I mean. Or, or 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 hiking down the street or walking a, a trail, a nature trail. You know, we need to be respectful of everybody's choices um, with with how they how they perceive their their health and their safety. But that's all I'm going to say about that. Right. But yeah, a lot of a lot of these nature preserves were out there. We worked a lot in the dark room. We did start a lot of new dark room processes. That's where I really started working with the. Um, with the Rollins oil. Rollins oil. <laughs> I'm sorry, my brain. Um, I know Rollins oil. I was thinking gum by chromate, and I'm like, no, that's not the right one. Yeah, it's age, you know. Um, but we also got to connect with other artists via all the meetings and stuff that we hadn't connected with quite as much. Yeah, it was nice. And uh, and one thing that I I I didn't do that I wish I did was I kind of had this thought of, okay, I'm going to reach out to everybody. And I even said this on the podcast before and I and I did to a certain extent. But there were other people that I I hadn't reached out to. But it's kind of one of those things where I, I wished I had reached out to more people to the point where they uh you know, hey, I haven't heard from you in a while. Hope you're doing okay. Blah 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 blah. And I hadn't done that, but we did reach out to a lot of other artists, a lot of the photographers. Um, we had had a lot of people, you know, emailing us from the podcast and some of our some of our first episodes, which were, you know, it was kind of us just just spitballing how we're feeling, how we're getting through it. And we had other people kind of reach in and 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 say how they were feeling and how they were getting through it. And we talked to a lot of people and and uh, and and at the end of last year, uh, accepting a nomination for for president for our local camera club. I mean, I I spoke to a lot of members and and how are you feeling about meeting again? How are you feeling about you know going out to the park? How are you know how are you feeling? And and again this year we we had to pull back on our in person and virtual hybrid meetings and and we're going back to virtual just because, you know the the membership base voted and the and the officers voted and that's just what's going on. So I mean I reached out again and I said look, get out and shoot if you feel comfortable get out and shoot, and if you and if you need to someone to talk to reach out to friends family hell you can reach out to me, and uh, and I've had a couple people I've had a couple people reach out that. 
that were talking about how it was it was tough and they're and they're really scared about the possibility of doing it again. I reminded them, look, last year we had parks, we had uh, we had all these places we can go to that were outside, and you know, I, I I hope that at the end of this that we have a lot of people that are that are more um, proud and 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 interested in going to our national nature areas than we did before this or people that have worked at new projects learned something new right but what i'm saying about the what i'm saying about nature specifically is before covid excuse me before the thing whenever we went to a national park it was mostly visitors from other countries and god bless them because if it wasn't for them coming our our attendances would be way low right and i'm so proud that that our our natural areas are so beautiful that it's it's enticing other other countries to to vacation here but i i really hope that at the end of this that we've we've grown some more some new appreciation uh in in adults and young adults and kids to to love our natural areas now with the good comes the bad because with a lot more new people coming out in the nature, we're seeing a lot more trash, a lot more trash, more trash, not quite as much respect for the nature graffiti. You know, you're seeing a lot of people that, and I'm not trying to generalize people, but you're seeing a lot of people that are not used to nature and maybe used to, you know, writing their name with a spray can on something, or maybe just throwing trash in the street, you're seeing a lot of those people hit, hit the natural areas. And, and that's just, that's just heartbreaking. And uh, we talked about this when we went to Spruce Knob, uh, you know, this, the, the, the camper came out and, uh, excuse me, the camp host came out and said, I mean, this, the amount of trash that's around here is unreal. And that was a primitive area. It's, it's for more experienced campers. You're not going to be a brand new camper even though he had a couple stories of some brand new campers, you're not going to be a brand new camper and go out to a primitive area. So, you know, that's kind of a shame on you for being an, an established nature lover or established camper or hiker and leaving trash. I mean, that's, that's unexcusable, inexcusable. Yeah. But hopefully with the uptick in, in visiting our nat, you know, national uh, wonders and our nat- national parks and things like that, uh, Hopefully it brings more people, but there needs to be some kind of a of a movement or a campaign or something to kind of remind them. Okay, guys, look, you're you're out in nature. The rangers have so much to do already. We have trash cans here, 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 and here. <laughs> Put your garbage in there, damn it. Yeah. And, and you go ahead. Luckily at Spruce Knob, the bears aren't as bad as they are at some other areas because if you're leaving trash around like that if there were more bears around you well, might be in trouble the first year we went to spruce knob we were told look there are bears they're not very they're not all they're not all over the place but they they have been known to come through camp if you know keep your food in your car in a cool you keep your cooler in a car but cover it because bears know what coolers look like through car windows <laughs> and that car window or that door seal ain't a, ain't a match for a for a brown bear a black bear um, and then a couple for a couple years it was nothing. There were there were no bear sightings, nothing. And then and then this time we went. You know the the camp host said, "Well, we have one. Uh, you know we we have a bear that's kind of hanging out. He comes on a certain day, 
just make sure you put all your you know put your stuff out and you put your trash away and you won't be a problem. But but it, something makes me wonder if the uptick in garbage has has brought this this one lone black bear up into camp. Yeah, back to the area. Right. So, and and that's and and that's a that's another problem with with trash. I mean, not only are you are you marring the landscape for for the next person, and plastic just it's not going to degrade in our lifetime, but you're you're bringing in you're bringing in wildlife that needs to stay wild. And if it starts, you know, if it starts confronting people, that that bear is going to be shot. It's going to the difference between, you know, choosing between the bear and people. People are going to win every time. And if they can't relocate this bear, they they will put this bear down. And that's that's sad. That's that's not fair. It's so, his home. And you're the ones coming to visit, and you need right. to be respectful of that. Like um, like me and bugs. You know, there's some people that they'll sit there and spray the entire campsite. Nope, just you know, just spray the inside of the tent. Maybe put a little perimeter on the tent. If there's a bug inside, try to shoo it out. If you can't, then you got to flip flop. <laughs> Whack. <laughs> but we try not to. Um. But as Christine said, we, we worked a lot in the dark room, which was great. And and if it wasn't for that, she might not have, you know, she's, I know that you've worked in oil before. You were, you, you worked in Brahm oil because I helped you, I helped you bleach some, some negatives out. And then I, I kind of assisted you with, you know, with the, the ink, but that was, that was over 10 years ago. Yeah. But I, I think you enjoyed, you're like me because I don't want to be. I don't want to be a slave to the whoever's making the products. Where Brahm oil is, you've got to be, you know, you've got to take a a piece of black and white silver enlargement paper, and then you've got to do this, and you got to bleach that. No, Rollins oil, you can, uh, you know, you you pour your everything is from the scratch chemical, gelatin, dichromate, ink, done, paper. And honestly, and I've I've got to give a shout. I've got I gave a shout out to uh, to this guy before, but uh, Quinn Jacobson, an amazing you know wet plate photographer and alternative process photographer out in Colorado. He's a friend of ours, and um, and he st- during this time he tried to find a, a way to to get around this as well. And he did a lot of um, like live shows. He did Zoom for a while. He did Streamyard for a while. I think he's still on. I think he's still on Streamyard. I can't remember. Um, I haven't been able to really, really catch up with him. I, I did chat with him uh, about a, about two weeks ago and uh, talked to him on the phone, and he was doing well. And but he started doing these live shows, and the first thing was, "Hey, we're gonna do we're gonna do Rollins oil." And then Christine was looked at me and was like, "What's that?" And I'm like, "Wait a minute, I've never showed you Rollins oil." And I I tried to explain it. It's like it's like your Brahm oil, but you make everything. So we did it. Before you know, before you know, uh, before Quinn had his next uh, next showing, uh, next live thing, uh, we went in and uh, and I I mixed up some gelatin, and of course when I mixed up gelatin for raw uh, for Christine's Rollins oil, of course I mixed up carbon, carbon gelatin, and I got really back into that again. Even though I haven't touched carbon in a while, I really haven't had the time because we've been busy, but uh, I I made a bunch of carbon glop. It's affectionate, you know, it is glop with a terrible name, but it is, it is, um, a gelatin, a pigment and sugar for plasticity. And I don't think it was pretty sure we had add a couple of drops of glycerin too for, uh, we, we didn't add any glycerin because we were doing this in the winter 
or maybe it was, I don't remember. Glycerin you want to add for dry climates. Otherwise, it can crack. But that's what your, your sugar is in there doing as well. It's kind of keeping it from cracking. <clears throat> and then we, we coated a bunch of pieces of paper. It, it, I think our first, I think we nailed that exposure because that one that we have a video on, on our YouTube channel of you making your first Rollins oil print, that was the first exposure. Yeah. I mean, we nailed that exposure. <clears throat> I think we guessed, what, 20 minutes? I can't remember what I think the it was, was. I think it was 20 minutes. I know you wrote all the information on the back of the print, but I'm pretty sure it was 20 minutes under the black light bulb box. Uh, for for the low for the slower exposures, I like using the black light bulb box, and and for the other stuff, I like using the plate burner. But uh, but she did that, um, you know, uh, soaked all the dichromates out. Got uh, you know, I, I had some old lithographer's ink, and since then, she's bought so many different colors of of lithographer's ink, <laughs> and uh, and got it out. And man, she went to town. She really enjoyed it. She really enjoyed. It. In fact, she's got a bunch of negatives that uh, that she's been printing out to to do more, but again, just just a little lack of time. Yeah, we've just gotten busy with actually having events and other <laughs> things going on. It just hasn't happened. Maybe once the fall is passed and yeah, once the fall passes, we'll get back into in the winter, and that's kind of when we hibernate. I've, I've joked about this before. You know, the, thankfully the wet plate chemistry doesn't like cold temperatures. That will have to. I don't have to blame it on me. Because I don't like cold you. temperatures either. <laughs> I don't want to have to do it. We don't like being outside in the cold, if we can help it. Unless it's a nice roaring campfire and yeah, yeah. but uh, but yeah, I I did a bunch of I did a bunch more carbon stuff, and have been working with that. Been working with calibrating carbon, which is uh, is still it's still one of those things in the back of my head that uh, I still haven't I still haven't done all the required steps to to get it where I want to get it. So right now I'm kind of I'm happy with where I'm getting my 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 photos before I print the na- you know the negatives the digital negatives or or a wet plate negative. So I'm happy with that. But I really want to dial in the the tonality and the calibration of of digital images um because we've been going kind of deeper into uh, adding more and more processes for if someone wanted a conversion. And what they do is you know they'll send me a photo, I'll black and white it, I'll I'll edit it, I'll black and white it. I'll make it the best you know, photo I can, print it as a negative, and then we have about seven different processes that we make that on, and uh, and we we haven't really put that public yet, but that's um, we're just doing word of mouth now, but I, I feel that uh, within the next couple of weeks, I think it's going to be on the website, and and we kind of we I kind of lit a fire under my butt when we were at PA Steam Fest, and that second day we we were just completely dead in the water. Yeah, we had some. We had our cyanotype kits, but that was that was pretty much it. We had nothing else to to kind of offer and and really entice people over to our our booth. And if we would have had a little bit more, I think would have been you know it would have been it would have been better. And it definitely wouldn't have made any money with it because <clears throat> this is all after the fact kind of stuff. You've got to send me a photo. You've got to you know and I've got to do it and to send it back. It's not something I'm doing right there. I'd love to be able to travel with the digital negative printer, but I can't imagine the workflow on that because everything takes so long. But that would be really cool. It would be really cool to be able to do like negatives there, cyanotypes, done. It's kind of hard enough, though, to be traveling with our normal printer. It is. To take two, I'm not sure how that would work. Well, the problem is if we took the digital negative printer, of which we have a couple, you know, we have two or three 
of the Epson 14. We like to use in the 1430s, but eventually we're going to get a, a much larger version, you know, with the, the big one. Um, but at least the 1430, we've got a couple. Just like we have of our, our, color, pr- our color printer for on-site printing, we have three of them. Yeah. And I thought for sure that taking this color printer to events and throwing it in a bag and i mean we're still we still try to be as careful as we can but you know traveling is tough on equipment and our first printer our first printer is still working like a champ i mean i have no problems with this yeah. so that works really good um, but anyway we we got into that and uh, we got into carbon printing again working on calibration i i did make a couple art pieces i made um i had this hp red ink and it was out of one of those big printers. It was a, it was a faulty ink cartridge. The the chip was blown up on it or something. So you know we had gotten a we had gotten a replacement. But these ink cartridges are almost a liter of ink, seven hundred and seventy five milliliter, is in this cartridge. And and they have all these different colors. But one was a chromatic red, and the red of this has a little bit of a sparkle to it. And I made some, and I I really worked on making a carbon, a carbon glop that had this red and i found the perfect because before i was making orange and i still have that and that's going to be a halloween print i'm not going to say what it is but i'm sure you can guess halloween orange you could probably figure out what it is <laughs> but the i i worked it so that it was a made a perfect red and for for valentine's day i made and sold a couple prints of carbon printing of a anatomical heart and, uh, you know, signed those out. I think I made an addition to 10. They all went out. And uh, for for this Halloween, I don't know which one I'm going to do, but I've got another one in mind for carbon printing. And then we also made Horace. Remember Horace? I remember Horace. Here lies Horace. If you, I don't know where, I don't know where he is online, probably on our John Miller Photography Facebook group. But he was a a piece of glass that was hand cut to a to a toe pincher coffin shape. And then I made a, and every piece of glass was a little bit different. So what I did was I, I made a albumin on glass with each one of those. And it was, what the, the, the print was, it was a anatomical skeleton from like the early 19th century or something. I scanned it and cleaned it up, made a negative and, and boom, there you go. And the cool thing about the albumin on glass was um, I was just learning the pouring technique for that. So it was kind of spotted and modeled, but it looked like, it looked like dirt and it turned out so cool. I made a bunch of them and then every single one I put on my scanner and I scanned it and then I traced the outside of the, of the, the hand cut piece of glass and I made a little wooden laser cut coffin for each one. And then there was a coffin lid that went on top and then I etched the name here, you know, here lies Horace on the front, but that was our Halloween, uh, our big Halloween offering from last year. And we have every, we have all of them. We sold every single one except for one. And uh, I think the next show, we're going to put a big price on him. And if it goes, it goes. It's going to be kind of our display piece. But I'm kind of hoping he doesn't go. Because I really, I uh, there was one that was, and it was actually the last one we sold. We, we went down to two of them and we went to, we went to Key City. And the last, the, the second to last one we had sold. And it was my absolute favorite. Because the, the albumin was more warm-toned brown. And I put... Instead of putting white cardstock behind him, I put like a like a manila kind of cream cardstock behind him, and I think that looked 
absolutely sharp. And I, you know, a, a good a, a good friend of ours. I'm going to call him a friend, but we don't really. We've been wanting to t- to hang out and work on projects outside of steampunk, outside of festivals, but it just hasn't happened. But uh, it's someone that always stops by, always gets a tintype, always wants to try something crazy and funky and new. And if you saw um, our our Instagram or our TikTok, uh, his name's Eric, and he always has such an amazing outfit with um, with a, a bunch of his other friends. And he wanted to make a tintype, and he was in all black feathers. If you look at if you look at the video. I think the photos on Instagram, the videos on TikTok, and if you're not a TikTok person, which believe me, I'm not a TikTok person either, you can go over to our, our Facebook page as well. And I think I have the video that I saved and I, I reposted there. But you'll see his outfit. I mean, he's got feathers head to toe, and they're black, but they were iridescent enough that I really was able to blow out those feathers and get some kind of a light back on them. And it really worked out very well. Mm-hmm. It, it it was a great type. So, what would we change? What would you change if we if we went into the thing again? What would you change? What, is there anything different you would you would like to to experiment with photography wise or maybe not photography wise? Truthfully, I wouldn't stay away from our parents as long as we did the first time. But I understand why, and we were scared. But yeah. that. That was hard on them, and it was hard on us, and I don't think I could do it again. No, I mean there was a point when we we were we were, um, you know, we were taking groceries down to my parents, and you know, walking up to the door and leaving the groceries on the step, and then walking back thirty feet, and they come and get it, and we say we love each other, and it's like yeah, that was tough. And when my parents, which are you know definitely older, when my parents say I don't care if I get it, it the thing, and die. I'm not going without seeing my family again. And I and, and it makes it makes me it makes me so upset thinking about people in nursing homes or people that may have been on their deathbed and nope, we're going to have one person at a time or one person a day. Man, we we have a friend that when his his mother passed, they were only allowed one family member a day. And you couldn't like he couldn't like go in the morning and then, you know, um, you know, his wife go in the evening. It was one person a day, whether you stayed all day or you stayed for 10 minutes. Oh, but then there were times at the beginning where no one was allowed to go. Yeah. No one at all. That's true. And and nursing homes, I mean, and look, look I understand, nur- you know, the nursing homes are our most vulnerable generation and we need to keep them safe. But. It went so long, and and I just I just hope that nursing homes did a great job at trying to, to keep keep the spirits up. And I, and I think about your grandfather, Christine, and I'm as much as I hate the fact that we lost him. I'm glad that we lost him before this happened. I don't know what he would have done if he was if he had still been alive through all this. He would have given lived up. Alone. He would have given up. Well, and, he did live alone, but, but he in his people. time. In his time of need, I, I don't, yeah, I don't think, you know, I don't know. I don't want to, I don't want to go too much into that, right, but, 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 but yeah, I, I, I completely agree with you. I don't think at least my family, um, like I said, there could be a, a, a Z variant, um, that turns you into a chicken and, and, uh, and you, and you, you, you forget your name for a half hour. I, I, I it doesn't matter. 
I know for a fact that that several of our family members, and I've heard this from other people as well, no matter how deadly it's supposed to be, the it's even more deadly to to have somebody that, you know. And I'm not saying that my my parents are at end of life. I hope I have you know many 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 more years with them, but with someone that is winding down in their life and maybe having more issues and maybe needing more help. Um, that's going to be my, my question to them. If you're safe with me coming to you, I'll be there whenever you need me. And I'm not going to now, if I will wash my hands, I will sanitize, I will wear a mask, but I'm not going to go another time when I'm not able to hug you or not able to sit at a table with you or not able to sit with you and, and just, just waste away a summer's day. It just ain't going to happen again. Yeah, I remember having meetings at parks with your parents, with my parents, and sitting on opposite sides of the back deck at your parents' house or opposite sides of the parking lot. And it's just heartbreaking to think about it now. I know. It, it makes me so angry. And um, it, may, well, it, 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 it does a bunch of emotions. It makes me angry, mostly because I've, I've heard so many stories about People at end of life and and dying and and nobody's there, nobody can be by their side, or one person can be by their side. I mean, if you're at end of life and you're you're dying, you need to bring everybody that everybody that you care about, and whether or not they're they're um um they're they're conscious or not, they know. I believe they really know. I don't know. It's just. It's just hard, and I don't. I can't do that again. That's no. the one thing I know yeah. I can't do again. Let's move on. To, dang it! Let's move on to something else because it's getting awfully dusty in here. Well, you asked. Either that, or you're cutting <laughs> onions over there. Damn it! <laughs> but I, I would want to continue the organization of the house. Yeah, we're we're we've only done we've also done that, and and over over the thing. Excuse me, the thing. Over the thing, we've we've kind of changed priorities a little bit. I mean, we got more into let's, let's build the micro camper. Let's uh, let's do a, a YouTube channel because um, we love to travel. And if we can kind of work that into our business model of, 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 of teaching and, and demonstrating and expanding and maybe giving a little bit of entertainment at the same time, um, man, that might get Christine and I out of the house more. And it's and it's worked so far. Of course, I'm still constantly struggling with um, with coming up with scripting and and just just going somewhere and saying, okay, hey, you know, you have a pocket too, and I've got a pocket too, and you've got a GoPro, and I got a GoPro, and we have a drone, and we got this and that. It still doesn't happen. It's still not something easy that we can go and just say, oh, this is what we need. No, we we have to we have to kind of plan it out. Still, even if it's some stupid little. Five minute video. It still needs to be planned out because every time I get back from a location that I haven't planned out, I mean, I'm just grasping at straws to to get enough footage to make something that's a coherent and b watchable. It's tough, so I want to I want to keep working on that. Um, you talked about organizing the house. Yes, I I think that's going to be thing a thing, but kind of knowing that everything can go away tomorrow, it, it kind of changes. At least it changed my perspective of the crap I want to keep. <clears throat> you know, I'm I'm kind of, you know, I'm I'm still, you know, you and I are are still young. I mean, you're a lot older than me. Uh, nine days, <clears throat> but it, it kind of put into perspective that, uh, you know, when you're when you're a certain age, you know, you're going to live forever. 
And I didn't know I was going to live forever, but, you know, I, I didn't think I had to worry about it. And now with the world just changing for the for the worst and and all this crazy stuff. And let's let's be honest. I mean, I've I've had the thing. In fact, both of us had the thing. So we're healthy enough that if we got it, we're, we're likely going to be OK. We don't have any under, underlying health issues. We don't have any any major problems. It's a problem. So I'm not worried about that. But just just seeing how people are going crazy and you know variants and and uh, you know nobody knows where this stuff came from. Is it is it is it natural? Is it somebody trying to somebody trying to hurt us? I I don't know. But it kind of it kind of was like John, you're going to die. And and it kind of it kind of reset my uh, it kind of reset my my goals. Where, where normally I would have, you know, all the stuff for underwater basket weaving. Well, now it's like, maybe I, sh- maybe I just give up, give up that. Maybe I give up the idea of that and, and focus on the things that I have time for. Because right now I've probably can't finish all the things I want to do in three lifetimes, let alone half a one. So it's, it, I think, I think organization is going to go a little bit differently where before we just wanted to find stuff for find places for stuff um i think the next go round is going to be find homes for stuff like a lot of stuff that i wanted to keep like electronics projects oh hey i've got this it's busted one of these days i want to go in there and replace the capacitor or replace the fuse replace the switch uh, you know it's at what point do you sit there and say i don't have much time for that I don't have time for that at all. And and right now, even not even screwing around with these little pet projects, I don't have time for anything. I don't have even time for my own photography and darkroom work and YouTube and Instagram and TikTok and uh, YouTube and, and everything else. So I don't know. I think I think organization moving forward is going to be a little bit different, a little bit weird, at least for me, because I've always, you know, hey, I, I want to work with that eventually. But now it's like I, it really it really nailed down the the mortality aspect, but and also it nailed down the what I really want to do with with my remaining years. I want to continue working with photography. I want to continue promoting photography. I want to get more more young people into alternative processes. So I think that's going to be a little weird, but I kind of welcome it. I kind of welcome the decluttering idea. Because we've done that for so long. How many times have we gone camping for extended times? Or now that we've got the micro camper, we may go for even more extended times. And our life has got to revolve around what we have in, in a van or an SUV. In, in a certain small space, correct. And when we're there, we are completely happy. Everything that I take on vacation or, or out to Spruce Knob, that was everything I needed ever. I had some darkroom stuff with me. I had my photography. I had my laptop. I could do whatever I wanted to. Now, of course, I don't want to sit there and and get rid of everything except for the things I take camping uh, to uh, in Spruce Knob. But that just reminds me that I have a lot of stuff that <laughs> that I'm never going to mess with. Right. So I don't know. It's just kind of a weird. It was kind of a weird thing to put into words. I've never really put that into words before. So it was kind of weird. But that's how I feel. Declutter. Look at pick something up. Have you have you have you done anything with this in the last year? <clears throat> Are you going to do anything with it in the next th- sixty days? Get rid of it. 
and our, I can hear our kitchen shaking in its boots right now. <laughs> we are kitchen gadget junkies. We got rid of a few things last year. We did. We also still have a, we also still have two ice cream makers. We have a tortilla press. We have those little things that tortillas go on. You put them in the oven. They turn into uh, crunchy tacos shells. Look, if we can if we can keep room for certain things, but the thing is, is at what point do you look at it and say, I haven't used you in five years? But but some people will just say, I haven't used you in so long, I'm getting rid of you. No, I'm going to sit there and say, look, this is the new life. Either I'm getting rid of you or I use you in 60 days. And then I'm getting rid of you. And and if you if you do it, then you do it. I mean, I... We don't need two ice cream makers, by the way. So one one should go. Thankfully, one is the um, the the big stand mixer. What is that? The KitchenAid stand mixer. Yeah. So that's I think that's safe. Since we use that for other things, and we do use that one. Absolutely, but I'm just talking about other things, and and you know it's, and of course here my here my my creative and hoarder uh, mind comes in. It's like well, but the tortilla press only takes up. The tortilla press was special order because they only sell the small ones online, and you got one that's 12 inches. Yeah, it's like one of those things, you know? So it's it's going to be tough. And I do enjoy making tortillas when we do We it. do. We we have a recipe for making flour tortillas with um, crushed black beans in them, and it is, it's better than any tortillas you've ever had, <laughs> or at least any tortillas I've ever put in my mouth. But, yeah, it's it's finding time. To use that stuff and and we're kind of rounding that corner where now where where your whole life you you try to put you try to save things for to do now it's the point where i've i've appreciated everything i appreciate that my brain wanted to to learn how to weave baskets underwater (laughs) but that's not what i want to focus on yeah it is what it is so I, I think I think a lot of things are going to go uh, flea markets, yard sales, be given out to people, given out to people that uh, that that would use them. That hopefully I would live vicariously through them, like maybe friends or family members, where uh, you know maybe they'll share a photo of weaving a basket underwater for me <laughs> with using using my goodies. But uh, but I don't know. Like I said, it's going to be a weird. We got static all of a sudden. You hear static? How? Oh, that might be the fan on my... Yeah, you need to turn that fan off. Sorry. Height of professionalism here for everybody. Yeah, you got to turn that fan off. Is it a... Is it it's a my laptop. Face fan? Oh, yeah. Well, you... If you remember correctly, you were using your laptop with the, um, with the power brick, so it was in turbo mode. You need to turn it to silent mode for the, for the podcast. But anyway, <clears throat> I think we're pretty much done talking about this anyway. And... Uh, I mean, it got into a weird place, but but honestly, I mean, there's there's something amazing about Christine. I'm going to murder you <clears throat> if you can't turn that stupid thing on silent. I'm going to stab you. End it. Just turn it off. I'm sorry. No, don't turn it off. T- hit the function key in your button and turn it to silent. Thank you. Too late. Too late. She turned it off. Anyway, it did get kind of weird, but I, I, there's there's some kind of amazement. And there's 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 peace and solace and and there's just growth in in decluttering your life and just focusing on certain things, and I I think that's I think that's going to be a good thing. I'm kind of excited for it, to be honest with you. Yeah. 
But anyway, we want to hear from you on the uh, on that as well. Talk to us about the uh, the news articles we talked about before the break, and also what uh, what would you do? What did you do during the thing? What did you wish you did during the thing? And if we have another thing, what are you going to do? We want to hear from you. You connect with us. I can't get that. I try to do it fast. We want to hear from you, and you can connect with us on our Facebook group or through email at podcast at underredglow.com. And as always, your comments just might make it into a future episode. As always, a big thank you to everyone for continuing to join us. All the love and support we've received from people liking us on Facebook, subscribing, and rating us on your podcast platform of choice. And also a big thank you to our Patreon and subscription supporters. We're starting at just for a buck. You can get our shows early with our supporters only after show. All without ads. That includes YouTube and uh, and other goodies as well. Be sure to check uh, out our other supporter tiers, which are geared towards bringing you along on our darkroom projects with great rewards. All of our links can be found in our show notes and also on www.underredglow.com. And now with episode 58 down, it's been our absolute pleasure spending this time with you. Please be sure to subscribe to Under Red Glow. And if we've earned your recommendation to other photographers of any skill level or process, we would certainly appreciate you sharing us with them. A big thank you to my co-host, Christine Milliker, and of course, everyone for listening. If you're listening on Patreon or our supporter page, stay tuned for the after show. Thanks for tuning in. We look forward to visiting with you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.